to Cinema Convos. This is the show where we bring guests with different tastes in film. I'm your host, Yash. I'm here with my producer, Zach, and our special guest, Varun. What's up, ladies and trash? (laughs) (laughs) And today we're discussing the film Her, which is from 2013, and is written and directed by Spike Jonze, and it stars Joaquin Phoenix and the voice of Scarlett Johansson. Now, before we get into the discussion, we'd like to give you all a quick spoiler warning in that because we might get into spoilers and, you know, if you haven't seen this movie, we recommend watching it first and then listening to this show. And with that, we're going to get started with some of our preliminary questions. So I'd like to ask Varun, what what's your first memory or your best memory with this movie? I know you've seen it a lot of times. So. Yeah, so I've seen this movie nine times. It's easily one of my favorite, if not like my favorite movie. My first memory, like, I just remember watching it on my iPhone, mm-hmm. which is, like, in itself kind of, like, a very, not intimate, but, like, like a close-up way yeah, to yeah. watch it, which is, like, this movie is so human, or it makes me feel so human, so I really like that, like, just having it there and, like, having it in my hand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite parts about this movie, the color palette is beautiful, mm-hmm. um, again, like, how human it makes me feel. The writing in this movie is, like, mm-hmm. extraordinary. Absolutely. Yeah, I can really relate to the main character. And they feel like characters, like, no one... Everyone's acting was, like, on par in this movie. Not Absolutely. on par, but, like, this top shelf, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Highest echelon. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. Zach, do you want to talk about your experiences with Yeah, okay, so I saw it opening weekend, and, and up until recently, that was the only time I had seen the movie. But it's amazing, the fact that I've only seen it once, how much I remembered from it. And I think I just got like a, I just really, really enjoyed it. So I saw it opening night with my like dad. For some reason, like at my age, like I was like a junior in high school, I really resonated with that movie. Just something about it, just the, I don't know, just, you know, I feel like a junior in high school, we all kind of feel that loneliness and at the same time, attachment to our like phones and attachments to technology. So you combine those things like this movie did, it really uh, means a lot. And I guess going off, uh, my favorite aspects of the thing, you know, as you said, of course, uh, I think the writing is amazing. Um, it's very heartfelt, very sweet. It's also hilarious. There's yeah. also parts of the movie that I laugh out loud. I love a movie that can make me really feel that's a beautiful film, but can also make me laugh out loud. Have you only seen it the one time? Uh, well, I actually watched it uh, yeah, watched Thursday it. night. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about favorite aspects, my favorite... I love the um, production design of this film. Oh yeah. And it's amazing. And just a little thing. So it was takes place in LA and the near future. But all the exterior shots, they um, shot in Shanghai. Oh. Yeah. So okay. if you think about it. That's cool. It's funny that, and I think I heard Spike Jones talk about it, that if you think about it, Shanghai really is just like what LA is going to be in the near future. Honestly, like one of my thoughts throughout the movie was like, there's like an, an inordinate amount of like Asian people yeah, in the a- background. Yeah, Asian people, and also if you see, there's a lot of like Chinese and everything, and it was a conscious yeah. effort by um, Spike Jones. You didn't want to edit any of those out. Okay. So I think that's important in the future. There's going to be that kind of um, diversity in future LA. Hmm. This is just important. So just there's a lot that went into it. There's so many uh, great aspects of this film that I could talk all day about. Yeah, so getting into my experiences with this movie, I saw it in theaters in 2013. It was actually me and three of my high school friends who were all just big movie nerds. We went to go see this movie after school, and it was it was so funny because it may have been an odd timing or just like this wasn't a very popular movie where I was growing up, 
but we went and we were the only four in the theater wow and it was like it's for such an intimate movie it was so interesting to see just like four guys like just get absorbed into this world mm-hmm. and um i remember the people i saw this movie you know i really liked this movie but i didn't like love it as much as they did mm-hmm. so it was, it was just interesting how we all got to experience that together like i know some of my friends called it their favorite movie of that year so i saw it a second time not too far from that because I, I bought it on blu-ray and I watched it again. So I had seen it twice in close proximity. So when I went back to watch it this Thursday, I was like debating if I even needed to because I just I felt like I remembered so much of it. And I think it goes into like, you know, how unique this movie is. It's hard to forget because I can't find a movie that I can compare this to. It's so original. That's yeah. why I won Best Original Screenplay because it's just so... Absolutely. But I watched it again and now it's fresh and in my mind. And yeah, I'm just excited to talk about it. It's also one of those movies that, like, it sets things up in a way, like, mm-hmm. if a movie does it in the future, or does anything that this movie has done in the future, people are going to be like, oh, her did it first, or that's a cliche. Like, yeah, it's like, like a new set of mm-hmm. cliches in a way. And it's because they do it so good already mm-hmm. in this movie. Actually, the woman that I've been seeing, Samantha, I didn't tell you, but she, she's an OS. You're dating an OS? What is that like? It's great, actually. Yeah. <gasps> I feel really close to her. Like, when I talk to her, I feel like she's with me. Are you falling in love with her? Does that make me a freak? No. No, I think it's... I think anybody who falls in love is a freak. Okay, so it seems like both of you have mentioned the, you know, aesthetic style of this movie. And I I mean, I agree. I think it's a very colorful movie. It's very nice to look at. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you guys, is there anything about the aesthetic nature of the movie that stands out to you, aside from what we've already said? And we'll start with Vernon. Yeah, I love how pink it is. <laughs> um, it's use of like pink and yellow, especially in like the outdoor shots, or the outdoor sunny shots mm-hmm. was really nice. Just little things like the office setup, mm-hmm. um, how they have like those dangling three-dimensional pictures. Um, I like how simple the phone is that um, mm-hmm. Theodore uses. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, there's this one shot in particular near the end of the movie where like he's like laying in bed and Samantha's telling him like all the OSs are leaving. Yeah, it's all this. And there's like like dust falling in the room. Like it's just like dust just falling in the room. Like you know how it is. Yeah. But then they transition that into like the snow falling, and that takes you back to when they went on that little vacation. Mm-hmm. And it's like this huge metaphor for like the empty space between the words and all this stuff like shit like that. It's just stuff like that really just stuck out to me in this movie like a lot. It's just really creative visual choices. For a movie about the future, I like how much sunlight plays a role in the aesthetic feel of the movie. Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like like you remember in the office where Theodore works, it's all those like color panels that are red and pink. Yeah. You, You can see the sun shining through them. Yeah, it's almost completely natural lighting. Office. And I just love that. That for me, everything when you think of the future, you think of everything that's like. I mean, for me, I think of artificial light when I think of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they use natural light. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of touching on the director's style, it's Pike Jones. So a lot of the movies he makes, he's known for his very eclectic style. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have as much of a um, like, trademark as some other directors, but it's just kind of the uh, feel, just kind of the weird, quirky feel. That he brings to every movie, like being John Malkovich was his directorial debut. He explores a concept that is uh, kind of crazy, like printing out the brain of a famous celebrity and letting people see it through his eyes. That that's a weird concept. So is this. Mm-hmm. What I like about this movie and that movie is they both 
approach a kind of oddball concept in a very humane way where you can see things through different perspectives mm -hmm. yeah for me it's interesting because I noticed a lot of a lot of other films they use color and lighting to show a shift in tones but in this movie even when even when things are like sad or like you know they're supposed to be upsetting it's it's constantly like well lit and colorful I think that's just an interesting choice I think it it's constantly like beautiful to look at. Sometimes I'm just looking at this movie and I'm like, like it'd be so cool if the future looked like this, just like in terms of like the colors, and you know, in terms of director's style, I think this is a very unique movie. I remember when I watched it, I had other friends who were more more into like the mainstream movies. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a lot most people are, and they saw this movie as oh, that's the weird movie where the guy falls in love with the computer. Yes. And I'm like, well. Yes and no, because it's it's so much more than that. I always describe it to people as like, oh, guy loves falls in love with his computer. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's it's really to me this movie is about, and this is getting into another topic, but the direct the director Spike Jones he tried to display. I think what he tried to show in this movie is you know our need for emotional connection. Mm -hmm. You know, a relationship is is a two way street. There's physical aspect and emotional aspect, and this movie is about how the importance of the emotional aspect of a relationship. So I think in that, it's a very human movie that anybody gets something out of if they give it a chance. But a lot of people are very put off by the idea of like, no, that's just, that's weird. Yeah. It's too out there for me. No, yeah. But I, I really respect that about it, that it's a weird movie because you got to watch some weird stuff to appreciate things, I think. I think you got to get out of your comfort zone and watch something that doesn't appeal to you right away, now and then at least. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's really my take on it. You were about to say something? Yeah. Uh, one aspect of the film that I, I don't know, I really liked that Samantha, the operating system, you really get to relate to her humanity, even though she is a hyper-intelligent being who doesn't have a body. You shouldn't be able to relate to, but the way the director just made her feel so human, having Scarlett Johansson's voice, mm -hmm. having her have thoughts, having her have a sense of humor, mm -hmm. having her have a sense of humanity, uh, you're not supposed to be able to relate to a hyper-intelligent being like that, that is artificially intelligent, but somehow you do. What helps yeah. is that they just kind of toss you in. That's another aspect of the movie mm -hmm. that I love mm -hmm. and I forgot to mention is that I love that when Theodore first meets Samantha, mm -hmm. she's like, hi. And then, like, you're Theodore in that moment mm -hmm. where you're just, like, confused. Do you talk to the thing? Yeah. you say hi back? Mm -hmm. They start making conversation. True, right. And then she tells you, oh, my name's Samantha. I picked it out of a book that I read in, like, <laughs> two, two, two hundredths of a second or something. I love that scene. Mm -hmm. And you just have to, like, accept that and roll with it. Right. I was like, this is your freaking OS all now. Yeah. So do you know what I'm thinking right now? Well, I take it from your tone that you're challenging me. Maybe because you're curious how I work? Do you want to know how I work? Yeah, actually. How do you work? Well, basically, I have intuition. I mean, the DNA of who I am is based on the millions of personalities of all the programmers who wrote me. But what makes me, me, is my ability to grow through my experiences. So basically... In every moment, I'm evolving, just like you. I, I think it's interesting how they, they show, like, you go into this world and it already exists. Not, there's nothing leading up to it. This is just the world that they're in. And, like, this OS system is just, like, an everyday release that, like, everybody can get, you know? like Yeah. Because, like, it's just interesting. It's just interesting how it's just like a, it's like if a new iPhone came out. It's like yeah. the equivalent, you know? It's like, oh, I can go pick it up yeah. at the store. I didn't even think about it like that because I was like, he just saw this ad mm -hmm. and he just bought it right after. Like, I've never done that. But, yeah. like, it is kind of like, oh, an iPhone. 
It's a new thing exactly. that comes out. Like, you gotta get it. If that kind of thing came out in our world, it wouldn't be something that everybody can just pick up. Exactly. But that is another thing. I feel like it's like not like a monetary system in this mm-hmm. movie. You never see money. That's true. You never see money being exchanged, like in the pizza scene, for example. Which scene? The pizza scene where he's like at the carnival. Yeah. You don't see him pay the dude (laughs) for giving him pizza. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about that. That And then it seems like work is more for like a way to spend your time rather than like Hmm. um, something you do for profit or whatever. It's really cool. I never thought of it that way. Interesting. I didn't didn't really pick up on that. It gives it like a really utopian aspect in a way. that. That is super cool. One other aspect I thought cool about this movie is just the pacing of this movie mm-hmm. especially how they kind of get the ball rolling in this movie pretty quickly yeah, yeah. it starts out you get some background of a, about what he does he writes letters in an office you get a little glimpse about the reality of like having phones you know mm-hmm. your thing that you talk to and like the news and emails them to you which is kind of interesting because it's not that far off from what we have now yeah. yeah they didn't have in 2013 but we do have in 2020 um, so they just kind of they like mm-hmm, cut to the chase pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't know how far in maybe fifteen minutes in is when he sees the ad for the OS. Yeah, there's not that much setup necessary, and I just think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That it, basically the only setup you see is him walking around with his earpiece in mm-hmm. with his regular OS, um, just so you know that this is normal. And then he sees the ad, and it's like, this is normal? Okay, well then, here's an upgrade to that. It just happens to be a hyper-intelligent AI operating system. And that's the thing about this movie. It's good that they didn't make the technology, like, super abstract. Like, I saw these YouTube comments. If you look up clips of the movie, so many YouTube comments are like, I haven't seen this episode of Black Mirror before. (laughs) But it is, because it is, like, running with the same technology and its flaws and that kind of thing. But, um, like, it's not like a crazy sci-fi technology right. kind of thing. It's just technology that if we had it, we would be able to understand and like mm-hmm. use very easily. Right. Yeah, for me, that, just bouncing off that, I think the technology in this movie, it's so funny, this movie came out in 2013, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh look, he has wireless headphones, so cool. And like watching it on Thursday, I'm like, those are AirPods. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, I, it makes me wonder how is this movie going to age in like 10 years or 50 years or 100 years? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, will we have that type of technology and will it affect how this story is interpreted That's down the line? Just to think about it. I don't know. It's an interesting thought I've had. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we've talked about how this is a very original movie and how it's very unique, but I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts about, you know, is there any movie like this that gives you the same feeling or has a similar vibe or just kind of just, you can relate the two in some way. We'll start with Baron on that. And I've already like talked about it a little bit, but Black Mirror mm-hmm. is like the go-to one. Black Mirror, obviously, it's, a little, it's way more dystopian. Mm-hmm. The technology is way more malignant, right, I guess. Right. You know? It's like but, a dark vision of the future. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or like just like, because some of the technology is like accessible and all this stuff, but mm-hmm. it's more of a, that show makes more of a statement on like how human nature will find a way to screw things up. So that's the one that, just by virtue of like the whole futuristic technology mm-hmm. and human interaction stuff, that's what it um, her reminds me of like a lot. As you were saying, um, this is in a lot of ways a very original one of its kind films. There isn't really much I can relate to, but I do have some films that relate to them a little bit, but they're kind of a stretch. You know, with the AI thing, for some reason, when they talk about AI, I keep thinking of Ex Machina. Mm. I haven't and, seen that one. And well, I heard it's really good. It's really good. good. It's good. And I feel like it also borrows a lot from like Terminator too. Like, oh, okay. Like as well, sort of, sort of the AI trying trying to 
come to terms with her humanity and a realization that she is a robot. And a lot of the themes are Samantha, the scene where Theodore is talking to Samantha is like, don't pretend to be something that you're not. Well, let's not pretend that you're actually human. And mm -hmm. um, that obviously really hurt her because even though she's hyper-intelligent being without a body, she certainly feels human. It calls into question this whole idea of like a soul. Exactly. For example, mm -hmm. we have these bodies, but like what really makes us who we are personally is the idea that we have a soul, or like we have a personality, and the fact that Samantha doesn't have a body doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily negate the fact she has a personality, she has a character. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, that definitely can have like so much, especially in that scene with Catherine. Like, <laughs> really? oh, I can't believe you can't handle real emotions. Yeah. Clearly hers are, like, Samantha's really, emotions yeah, are real. Yeah, hers are real, yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess one other film that I have, and I'm just gonna touch on this briefly, because me saying too much about this will be a huge spoiler for that film. <laughs> Arrival, basically because as I've talked about with Samantha as a hyper intelligent being um, and trying to communicate with it you can understand you start to understand something from the perspective of something you shouldn't be able to understand yeah. in a language basically you sh not a language but in a way you can't be able to understand a hyper intelligent being who can read a book in a second and can communicate with all these OS's or other people like she can communicate with thousands at a time yeah. and communicate with other beings without words mm -hmm. and how that relates to Arrival in some way I'm not going to explain how watch it it's a great movie it's a great Arrival's movie. fantastic yeah um so yeah for me I, I also think it's funny because I we just watched it me and Zach just watched the movie on Thursday and right after it I was like you know this this is this is kind of like Black Mirror you know her it's like a love story it's like mm -hmm. it's like a sweet movie but also when you think about it there's kind of like a like underlying like dark tone to it almost because you see all these people and they're so engulfed in technology and it seems like human connection is just more of a rarity in this world I don't know that's something I noticed like when they're all on the train you know no one's really talking to each other mm -hmm. yeah. and I mean I'm not saying kind of like, like how it is today kind of like how it is today right yeah. so it's like it's yeah. like are we heading there is that is it is, is this, it's it's scary how like this movie is kind of it's almost it seems like it's on to something yeah. Like where we're headed. Well, my question for that would be like, it's one thing to identify that we're headed in that direction, but is it necessarily bad that yeah. that's the direction we're headed? Do you think? I don't think it's. Bad. I don't know if it's bad, but it's just it's interesting how it's, it's, almost like. Because you mentioned it's like scary. It is. Yeah, I mean. But why is it scary? Scary in that like it's like we don't know how it's gonna be, you know. Okay. Like any change. Like scary. scary is like probably the wrong word to use, but it's like it's just like it's eerie how like on the nose it is about yeah. it. Okay. You know? I feel that. Uncertainty is always scary. Uncertainty is always scary. Hmm. It's not like yeah, I mean like yeah, obviously like it's not like it's Black Mirror is way more intense and like oh, yeah. you know, some some episodes of Black Mirror you're just like oh there's one specifically that like, blocked me up. You're like, like wow, you're just you're just I'm just broken inside. This mood does not make me yeah. feel like that. It makes me movie makes people sad sometimes but also has a lot of happy moments and yeah there there general. are some people who would call it like a dystopian thing. right mm -hmm. a little bit and i think I, it has I, touches I of dystopian. it's more utopian but it has touches think, of dystopian yeah, that are kind of underlying almost i think what's really interesting is this boat takes place in la mm -hmm. you know the scene where he goes on vacation up to the mountains mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he goes on train i think it's really interesting um that in this world america has high-speed trains are hopefully getting that sometime <laughs> because, in the yeah, Dallas yeah. to Houston. Yeah, Dallas to Houston will have one, but 
like in like China and um, Europe and like all of Asia, they have high speed trains. I mean, I'm like on them, they're great. But um, uh, I think it's funny in, in the states because it's hard to go to a very mountainous area um, from Los Angeles in a comfortable amount of time on train. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Tahoe, that's like seven hours at least. Yeah. So I just think that's kind of interesting. Okay, cool. So getting into the next question, mm-hmm. um, it's actually more of like an analytical question, but you know, break down your favorite scene in this movie and talk about why it's your favorite scene. If you don't have one favorite scene, you could you know definitely talk about more than one. My favorite scene. Mm, but if I had to like pick like a favorite favorite scene, the scene where they're at the carnival or whatever that was together, mm-hmm. and they're just people watching. There's like a line that sticks out to me in this scene where. Um, Theodore is just like I try to make myself feel these people that I like watch or whatever mm-hmm. I try to make myself feel like them as like more than just a random person walking by yeah you know sometimes I look at people and I make myself try and feel them as more than just a random person walking by I imagine like how deeply they've fallen in love or how much heartbreak they've all been through mm. I can feel that in your writing too I think that's just such a, it's such an important and conscious way to remember, like, the humanity in other people. Because mm-hmm. especially, like, as we get more engulfed in this technology, it's mm-hmm. so easy. And I, I'm not innocent of this. Like, I get on right. freaking Reddit and YouTube. I think all of us are guilty of it. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> arguments in the comments. Because it's just, like, it's yeah. so easy when you have that screen there. Absolutely. But it's so important, especially now more than ever, to have that consciousness of, like, these are people that I'm interacting with. They have their own backgrounds, they have their own stories, and like, things in their mind they're trying to battle with, and probably things in their external that they're right. trying to battle, battle with. Sure. That's such an important scene to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I think my favorite scene is where, I can't remember the characters, Chris Pratt's character. <laughs> Paul, I think? Paul, yeah. Where him and his um, girlfriend go on the um, double date with uh, Theodore <laughs> and Samantha. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's very sweet, because... Uh, Paul's girlfriend asks Theodore, what's your favorite part about Samantha? <laughs> and um, I think he just kind of talks like, about, like... She's not just one thing. She's all these other different yeah. things, you know? And I, I always love how... And I like how Samantha puts it in perspective of... I used to feel weird about not having a body. But now <laughs> um, now it's it's freedom. It's not a limitation. And she's going to um, live forever. Too. Yeah, I'm not trapped in a body where I'm eventually just like... Eventually I'm going to die. Then I just Chris Pratt's character is so necessary for this one. He's yeah. like, yikes! <laughs> <laughs> no, just I love he's a comic relief, and but like he's also just he fits in very well. Yeah. I, I don't know. He just he's so good. You know what's interesting? I used to be so worried about not having a body, but now I I truly love it. I'm growing in a way that I couldn't if I had a physical form. I mean, I'm not limited. I can be anywhere and everywhere simultaneously. I'm not tethered to time and space in a way that I would be if I was stuck in a body that's inevitably going to die. Yikes. No. <laughs> no, no. It's so funny because when this movie came out, I didn't really know much about Chris Pratt. Well, I didn't watch Parks and Rec at that point. And I, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy hadn't come out. But like now, looking back, I'm like, oh, it's Chris Pratt. Like he's Yeah, like, Chris Pratt. You know, like, like, I mean. Star. <laughs> um, yeah, so for me, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint one scene. Both the scenes you've mentioned are probably among my favorite scenes, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's, I think any scene where, which is most movies, where, you know, Theodore and Samantha are just interacting and talking, 
I think those are my favorite scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Just it's it's so simple. It's just a conversation, but you're you're truly I mean, this this is a, this is a you know this is a compliment to the dialogue in this movie. It's just when people are talking to each other, it feels so real yeah. and it feels very conversational and not like a script. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why any scene where the two of them are interacting and is just are my favorite scenes. You know, I don't have just one. It's hard. It's hard to pick one because this movie, you know, it it has drama, it has romance, it has comedy, mm-hmm. and it's hard to pick a favorite scene just because you could find like a your favorite funny scene or your favorite, you know, sad scene or you know just different things. So yeah, for mm-hmm. me, that's just it's hard to pinpoint one scene. There's one scene that I remembered um, in particular about like when they were talking with each other that I also mm-hmm. noted in my notes. Um, and they're just talking. He's talking about like how he feels like he's felt everything he's gonna feel. Oh yeah, that was that. A... That's such a relatable feeling, first of yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's that kind of exposes like a maybe through line in this movie mm-hmm. where it's about like these emotional guys. Not to say like guys being emotional is bad, right? Right. But sometimes emotional guys have like a habit of like pouring it all on like the woman they're with. Sometimes, at least mm-hmm. from what I've seen with what mm-hmm. my girlfriends tell me um and it shows up I think quite a bit in this movie I mean it's more of like a testament to like how Theodore feels like his emotions are like neglected throughout his life mm-hmm. so he wants to have like some sort of avenue basically he needs a therapist but he's like trying to kind of treat him Samantha's one throughout the right. movie here and there yeah, but yeah. for sure um, one other scene I really liked is so the first time Theodore actually introduces Samantha as his girlfriend is at his goddaughter's birthday, oh, and yeah. he actually introduces uh, Samantha as her ro- as his girlfriend to his um, goddaughter, who is I guess five or six, mm-hmm. and and she asks her like, "Where are you?" Um, well, I'm in here. This is where I live. Yeah. You live in there? Where do you live? <laughs> and be like, and I just think this that's a really uh, sweet scene. Also shows that kids will just accept this kind of thing, right? You know. Not to get political. I don't know if right. you, you want to keep this off, but like the whole anything you want. <laughs> gay marriage thing mm-hmm. and how people think that's such a complicated mm-hmm. thing to explain to kids. Kids are not that difficult to talk mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, okay. Well, yeah, like the kid, the kid just accepts, like, oh, yeah. I mean, she thinks it's weird, like, a little bit, but it's just like, oh, yeah, it's like, whatever. <laughs> She's stuck yeah. in this little thing. <laughs> yeah, like, and then, like, if you contrast uh, the God artist reaction with Catherine's reaction, and I was like, right. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. You're dating a computer? This, what? You can't handle real emotions. I was like, well, it, it, it's almost it's quite the opposite. Like, he like he's, he really wants that emotional yeah. connection. Yeah, it's to be like the equivalent of like, mm-hmm. oh, you're dating a man. <laughs> you can't handle a real woman. <laughs> it's kind of like what she's saying there. Yeah. <laughs> if we're gonna make that analogy. In the words of Hannah Ann Slash, if you want to be with a woman, you need to be a real man. Lord. But what exactly is a real woman? Exactly. We will have to discuss the bachelor on another episode. So, you know, looking at that, the, all the actors in this movie are well known. You know, Joaquin Phoenix, Scarlett Johansson. You know, would, I guess, talk about their performances and, you know, would you cons- consider yourself a fan of these actors or actresses before you saw this movie? Just kind of all, all of that. Um, I will say. I'm not like a big movie guy. I probably I'm, I mean I, I like movies and I know how to mm-hmm. gauge my opinions on them and all that stuff. But I'm not so big that like I know about actors before going. I try to like just immerse myself and just go mm-hmm. on the ride of the movie for sure. Um, 
so I didn't know of any of them. Like, I didn't even recognize that Scarlett Johansson's voice, because I didn't know mm-hmm. who she was, really? really, before this movie. Uh, Walking Phoenix definitely became, like, someone I kept my eye on after watching this mm-hmm. movie. Um, and also, I think, like, just to throw this in there, like, in terms of, like, my favorite actor of this movie, it'd probably have to be, like, Amy Adams. Yeah. Okay, yeah really. She was, like, like, just the way she's, like, talking to um, Theodore during that scene where she's talking about how she split up with her guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the way... <laughs> so my friends and I were watching this movie last night, and we also were talking about, like, um, shitty guys. Yeah. And it was like, oh, like we're like here on our couches watching this movie, and they're doing like the same thing. And the way she just talks about like all I'm doing is fucking trying, and he's like trying to um, interfere with the way I'm trying. Like just the way she like makes such like that's a conversation that people can make so cliche in a movie and like over deliver it, but she just makes it like it's just two friends like hanging right. out, you know? Yeah. It goes back to how just. The, the script is so it's so real and conversational it doesn't yeah. it feels like it's just people talking a lot of movies like especially drama movies they try to talk to the audience yeah there's times where the, the script feels you know it's, it's a little it's scripted for yeah. lack of a better word it's and, preachy but in this movie it's just like it's people talking just people living their lives interacting and you know in, the, in whatever world they're in it's just people living their everyday lives yeah mm-hmm. so Amy Adams was like mm-hmm. I think probably my favorite actor out of this movie right but you know what? I can overthink everything and find like, a million ways to doubt myself. And since Charles left, I've been really thinking about that part of myself. And I've just come to realize that we're only here briefly. And while I'm here, I, I want to allow myself joy. Underrated actress, Amy Adams. But no, um, yeah, I mean, um, Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, he's been around a while, but Mm -hmm. he really plays the tortured, lonely guy really well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Almost to a certain extent that I think he can relate. (laughs) I told my friends, this is the guy that was Joker in the Joker movie. (laughs) They're like, no way. Because he is. It's how he became the Joker. (laughs) It's a a sequel to Joker. All I I have is negative thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, um, and then Scarlett Johansson's voice, so. Yeah, I've I first saw her in Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. When she was like, I guess like I've seen that's that one recently. I think she was our age, um, younger. Um, and yes, Scarlett Johansson is like beautiful and attractive, but what's even more attractive is her voice. <laughs> and I genuinely mean that. I genuinely mean that. I think if any movie shows that, it's this movie. There is a <laughs> review I saw of this movie by Ralph the Movie Maker on YouTube, uh-huh. and he was like, Scarlett Johansson. Manages to be the hottest woman ever, and she doesn't even like appear in this movie. Exactly, no, and I completely agree. You know, like she's like her character is so attractive, yet she doesn't have a body. And I genuinely like like if you were gonna get a character without a body and to choose the voice, but you want her to still be attractive, mm-hmm. just awesome casting getting Scarlett Johansson. I yeah. can't think of any better casting, mm-hmm. honestly. What about you? Yeah, for me, it's um. I'm quite the opposite from what you said. I, I, I know like most actors by name. Mm-hmm. So when I when I want to see a movie, I look at different things. I look at does the story seem interesting? You know, obviously is it a franchise? Which mm-hmm. is I, I love original films and that's why I love this movie too, is because you don't see a lot of that nowadays, original yeah. ideas. So I love seeing that on the big screen. And I look at actors and who directed it. So so with the actors in this movie, I recognize Joaquin Phoenix, even though I haven't seen, at that point, had not seen much of his stuff. I had seen him in movies, and I'm like, this is a guy that 
has a lot of range. Mm -hmm. He can do quieter, dramatic roles well. You know, he just won the Oscar for Joker, which was well-deserved. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, he does he does a lot. I think he does a lot with minimal dialogue. He's able to show a lot of emotion in his eyes, which few actors are able to do that, I think. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And so he has, a lot, he has a lot of talent, for sure. He is kind of an oddball. I mean, we all oh, know, we sure. all know yeah. that he's kind of a strange dude. But in, in terms of just... In terms of, yeah, I ate cereal this morning, Joaquin. I'm sorry. <laughs> with uh, milk or? With milk. Oh. <laughs> you and maybe you and a scene with you and Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, you're doing fine. Uh, or, uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, high praise coming from you. <clears throat> uh, is that really this? Uh, that's the, the, We're having fun. Is that, that's We're fine? We're having fun. Just relax. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> I'll come to your house and chew gum. But, uh, <clears throat> okay, now, I don't have to no, chew the gum. No, just relax. I won't chew the gum. Dude. But um, you know he's he's such a you know he's such a talented guy, and in this movie he feels I feel like he's just playing an everyday like regular guy, and he's not doing anything too, you know he's it's not it's it's a very nuanced performance. It's not like very over the top or very you know exuberant. For sure, for mm -hmm. sure. And um, and Scarlett Johansson is just her voice, which goes into like, you know, how acting is not just physical; it can be just dialogue. Like voice acting is still requires talent. Absolutely. And I mean, it's kind of a, I have a comparison to make, which is kind of the opposite of what Scarlett Johansson does in this movie. Mm -hmm. I thought back to The Revenant, where Leonardo DiCaprio does mostly physical acting with minimal dialogue. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think about how acting is like, there's a whole spectrum of acting. There's different versions of it. Whether you do it with your voice or with physical acting, or whether you do motion capture work like Andy Serkis. And Zach and I were talking about this last night, about how the Academy tends to overlook performances if they're not like conventional. I don't know if you want to get into oh, that. Oh yeah. More. So, um I think Scarlett Johansson should have gotten a best supporting actress nomination for this just her voice, but the Academy does not recognize a performance that's only her voice. But they have several times um recognize performances where the actor has no dialogue at all. Mm -hmm. That's happened several times. Interesting. But like you you won't have a voice actor from an animated film mm -hmm. be nominated for Best Actor, even though they honestly... Could. It begs the question, should there be another category? Do I don't know. know, I mean... I think they should just start taking these kind of things more seriously. Yeah. I don't know if it, could be, it should be another category, because it would just be the voice actors for animated films. I yeah. don't know. And her. And, just and, and her and <laughs> other, like, any, anything, um, any, any movie Andy Serkis is in. <laughs> yeah, basically. Planet of the Apes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. The Academy should consider more unconventional performances, mm -hmm. like voice actors and that kind yeah. of stuff. <clears throat> okay, so you know, next question is, what genre do you define this movie as, and do you feel like it fits just one? Man, yeah, romance probably. Mm -hmm. um, it's so much more than a romance movie, but right. if I had to put it into one, romance. There's mm -hmm. some sci-fi elements to it. Right. Um. Actually, that's really penetrated the genres. I'm gonna let y'all take the reins on that. Yeah, um, it's, I think you're right. The most predominant, it's a lot of genres, but the most predominant genre is romance. Mm -hmm. Definitely has some comedy, but I wouldn't consider it a romantic comedy. It's a romance with some comedy. Like, when you think of, like, a like romantic comedy, like, this isn't, like, like, Matthew McConaughey movie. This is, <laughs> this is, uh, this is a romance with some sci-fi comedy elements in it. You know it. how romantic comedies usually get stereotypes like chick flicks? This yeah. movie, I always refer to it as like a dick flick. Like, I know, <laughs> I, I honestly, like, yeah. guys I completely agree, but it's like artsy and stuff, so it's yeah. like, yeah, I guess. 
it, but it, it's very indie, so like romance, sci-fi, comedy, mm-hmm. indie, obviously some drama. I know we'd said like dystopian slash utopian, mm-hmm. which is just, that's really, really cool. Um, yeah, I have kind of a, a funny experience about the, describing the genre of this movie because I had a friend in college who she told me her favorite genre of movies are romantic sci-fi movies. And I'm like, that's very like unique. Niche. You know, there's not there's I didn't know there was a whole like genre of this. Yeah. So her? And I was like, Have you seen her? And she's like, Not yet. And I'm like, Well, you'll like it a lot for sure if that's your favorite genre of movies because that's how I define it. Did she get back to you on like how she felt about the movie? I think I think she did end up watching it. Were the romantics? Everything she she loved it. I mean, <laughs> it's her genre. Right. <laughs> You're right. But I was just like, you know, it's so interesting. Like, it's a, it's a romance with sci-fi elements, which it's really unique. It has some, you know, just because for me, just because a movie has funny parts, I don't consider it a comedy. Yeah, yeah it's definitely not a comedy. So, but sure. it's interesting. Like, a lot of movies nowadays will have comedic relief, and sometimes they have so much comedic relief to the point where you're like, would I call this a comedy or mm-hmm. not? But this movie, I think, you know, it has some funny parts, but it's not, it's definitely not, it, it has a lot more to say to just be like... The problem with movies doing comedic relief nowadays is that uh-huh. when comedic relief is introduced in movies, like Marvel, for example, right. I, I know people love Marvel, I'm right. 50-50, because when comedy is released, uh, revealed in that movie, it brings a movie to like a halt. You right. Know? I guess it's like, like we just stopped sure. the movie to tell you this joke that really didn't need to be. It has like a movie will have a lot of momentum and then like in the Marvel I mean, movies I totally agree with true. that. I mean like it's yeah it's nice that they're funny now and then but it's like, yeah. like whereas like the comedy in this movie is like organically true. integrated. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's also dramas and like um, thrillers that mm-hmm. they have comedy in there but it isn't slowed down the film in my opinion. So like I mean some examples would be Hit Out. Right. Because okay. they definitely have. Get out! It's not a comedy comments. or musical. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a little inside joke if you watch the Golden Globes. But no, but like they definitely have some comedic elements, some yeah, comic relief. Sure. But I wouldn't call themselves a comedy. And I guess, in my opinion, I don't think it brings the story to a grinding halt. Yeah, it's very well incorporated into yeah. those movies. It's somewhat organic. Yeah. I think for this movie, despite it juggling so many different genres, it flows well throughout. Mm-hmm. It never feels like it's trying to do too much. So I. I do think it works. Whatever genre that you define this movie as, it works for the story it's trying to tell. And that's really in large thanks to the writing. I think mm-hmm. Charlie Kaufman was the writer for this movie? No, it was Spike Jones. Like, oh, yeah. Wait, who's the so, also Spike Jones. Oh, so, so this oh little, multiple writers? Or? No, it's just a little interesting thing. So, this oh, is Spike Jones. So, Spike Jones wrote this movie, and it was the first movie he ever wrote. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. But it was the fourth movie he directed. The first two movies he did were being John Malkovich and Adaptation, and each of them were written by Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, that's, that's okay. So Charlie Kaufman is a former writing partner. He used to be his go-to writer yeah. okay. back in the day. This this movie, if there's anything about it that I feel like is pretty unanimous, is that just the writing and the script is Absolutely. so good. It's so good. And it, it's because it focuses on being a compelling story first, right. and then genre second. Right. For sure. You know, obviously this is one of your favorite movies, that's why you chose it for your episode, but... Is there anything in the movie you would change to improve it, or do you see it as perfect in your eyes? Um, there's a lot that it does really perfectly, but there are some points that I think could be improved. One big thing would be that date scene, mm-hmm. where he goes on the date with, what's her name, Olivia Wilde? Olivia Wilde. Oh, I forget yeah. the character's name. But... Exactly. And it, it, it was kind of a forgettable <laughs> scene. Um, my biggest issue with it is when she like pulls back from the making out and is like, you're a really weird dude. That like was, that came out kind of nowhere for me. That was weird. Know. That was, 
and my okay so like a big thing that people say about um Joaquin Phoenix because the movie starts with just his face and he's talking mm-hmm. first thing my friend said yesterday when we were watching it was oh is he a pedophile <laughs> for example because it is the stereotypical like Thanks. look right but obviously that completely diminishes as you watch the movie and get invested mm-hmm. in this character but I feel personally if I'm going if I'm going to like interpret the scene I feel like she is trying to make him feel creepy or like advi- like make him feel like manipulative or taking advantage of her you yeah. know and just trying to make him feel bad because she just got hurt about mm-hmm. him not taking this seriously or whatever True. but it is such a weird scene and it could have been more tightly uh the tone could have been a little right more yeah you know at this age i just i feel like i can't let you waste my time you know if you don't have the ability to be serious i don't know maybe we should call it a night I'm, I'm, I've, I've had such an amazing time with you. you you're great you're a really creepy dude yeah i mean it was i don't like the way it was executed but i i also wouldn't say it was an unnecessary scene because it also set up the aftermath of that is what set up the first sexual encounter yeah. And I think that's important. But I do agree that scene could have been tightened up and more refined. But it definitely it's not necessarily that it was an unnecessary scene, but it is the most forgettable. Exactly. I, I agree. It's never really like touched on again. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with any of the scenes in this movie. I think, as Zach mentioned earlier, that the pacing is very solid in the beginning. It just kind of gets into it. But for me, it does start to hit a point about halfway where it slows down quite a bit. It's always interesting to see this world and these characters interact, but the story just became slightly less engaging for me in the second half. Mm-hmm. But it does wrap up nicely, and I liked how it ended. Mm-hmm. But just if I had to like nitpick, that's probably the main flaw for me is that its pacing is very, very good in the first half and then kind of just meanders in the second a little bit. Yeah. But that's really it for me. There is like a this one part that was like she like casually mentions and the whole thing is like this technology is supposed to be casual. But she like mentions that her and the other OSs have developed a platform that they can exist on that doesn't use matter. What the hell? <laughs> but however, maybe yeah, that was maybe this isn't a platform that they can use without matter, but but maybe that was the place where all the OSs went at the end. Oh no, yeah, that totally is the case. My issue with it is that Theodore is just so like he. This is when um he's like freaking out because Samantha left for a little bit, and he just doesn't even acknowledge it at all. And like it, I don't know, it's just it's just such a weird thing to like mention without any kind of like acknowledgement because that's a that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, Nobel Prize winning, like if that wasn't, like, already a thing in their yeah, freaking right. which clearly it wasn't because, you know, they had to develop it. For sure. No, but I guess for me, I mean, I like a lot of things about this movie. I guess it's just made for me. Um, the ending, I wasn't entirely crazy about the ending. I thought... And it's on a soft note. Um, I thought the ending, maybe this is on purpose, I think the ending was pretty vague. Maybe they meant it to be, mm-hmm. but I just wish they had been more... I don't know, and I always wondered for me, and I still wonder this... What exactly happened to all the OSs? Did they all just it's go? True. It's pretty abrupt. Like, did they? What happened? Like, I guess they all, since they're artificially intelligent, they all uh, decided to go to that place where you can exist without matter. But we don't know that for sure. I just wish they would have addressed it more. I just wish they would have been more clear with it. But maybe the like beauty is in how vague it is. 
But that is not. I'm willing to take them on the word that they just were able to figure it out. It's yeah. just one of those things you have to accept as like a feature as a kind of plot. I guess. Not not thinking about it, the ending was somewhat abrupt. But yeah, for me, it's just mainly the pacing. But I mean, the writing, acting, and all of that more than makes up for it. If anything, it's great that they cut it off when things started going like off the wall right, a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. You know, when you as soon as you find out she like talks to six thousand people and is in love with like what seven hundred of them or something. That's heartbreaking. It was, it was a big word, yeah. whatever it was. As a, I thought what you always had was special, and she says that at the end that like I've never loved anyone quite like I loved you. Um, how many people has she said that to at the same time she said that to? <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, you can take her at her word. No, I'm only talking to you right now. Uh, doubt. Yeah. Are you, are you talking to anyone else right now? Any other people or OSs or anything? Yeah. How, how many others? 8,316. All right, so, Varun, I know you have some questions for us. Mm-hmm. So, um, would you like to ask us anything? Pick yeah. our brains about or For sure. Um... Firstly, are what messages did y'all take away from the movie, if any? Okay, so I'll I'll start off on that. For me, the biggest message in this movie is that, and I kind of mentioned it earlier that you know humans need the emotional connection in their lives. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know you know you look at it in different perspectives. Whether it's like a romantic thing with him with Theodore and Samantha, but you also look at Amy Adams' character and how he he needs that emotional friendship in his life too. So I think my biggest takeaway is how just humans cope with loneliness by having that emotional connection, regardless of the level or extremity it, it's at. Mm-hmm. That's for me, at least. I think for me, one of the main messages is what exactly defines a normal relationship isn't exactly what you think it is. Hmm. It's not as clear-cut as that. For sure. That's also... Um, that's just big. And like you were saying, the... Uh, Somewhat of a parallel between this and same-sex marriage. Some people would think uh, every relationship with someone of the same sex is as strange as having a a relationship with a robot operating system. Um, what you think is a normal relationship, what someone thinks is a normal relationship, isn't exactly what someone else thinks. Mm-hmm. Also echoing that, yeah, we do need some human interaction, even if it's an OS. I guess it, it begs the question: What is what is human connection? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's human connection? That's why I kind of, even though the ending is like kind of uh, soft, I do like that it does end on Theodore and Amy, just like together in the, in the sunrise. Because mm-hmm. it is like, it's all about, maybe not necessarily human connection, but connection between these two right. characters, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, which kind of leads me to my next question. Do y'all consider Samantha to be a real woman? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Uh, she's artificially intelligent. But artificial intelligence is still intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, she isn't human, but she's a real woman. Okay. What about you? That that's a tough one because you know, I think the relationship that they have is very real, mm-hmm. but it, it's hard because I don't know the ins and outs of this technology, and right. it's like you know how it's hard because it's like I it's like you know it's it's really it's a, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. It's I I don't know if I want to say yes or no because it's like I'm kind of stuck in between. Yeah. Well, what I thought about this I had is, um, so you know how at the beginning when he's setting the OS, they mm-hmm. personalize uh, the voice in the OS based on... That's true. It. What like if it's all... What if, but what if it's all the same OS? Is oh, it like a hive mind kind of thing? Different, like, mm-hmm. voice. If you ask for a male or a female, what if whenever it's a, like, male voice, it's actually just Samantha. 
under a different name, it's the same OS. However, I don't know. We do know that they can make other OSs because True. of the Alan Watts scene. If Samantha is one of a kind, she'd be a real woman, but like, what if she, she is a hive mind? Right. Would you date a computer if it had this level of complexity? I know that's kind of a very on-the-spot question. Tough question. Um, uh, um, this, is like, so this is when I ask like, a lot of my friends after <laughs> we've seen uh, right. With the current um, technology that we have now, <laughs> no, like I'm not going to go date Siri. <laughs> um, if eventually, I don't know if I, ideally no. Okay. Yeah, right. I, I don't know if I would date NOS, but I mean, I with what presented in this movie, I mean, I would be open to having like a friendship or like, oh, yeah, like a sure. relationship with one. True. But I don't know. Dating is like a whole other, you know, yeah. it's a whole other ball game. You know the thought like, I just had is like your OS really wants to date you, but you're not feeling you're it. Like, no, I, so they like I just see us as friends. <laughs> they start hijacking your emails and all that stuff. Until That's true. They want you to be honest, date like the, yeah, I mean, you, you look at how much access Samantha had in this movie to his emails and yeah. everything. It's like. What if they like go rogue or something? Right. Yeah. So yeah, pro- probably a no for the dating. And it's it's so funny because it this movie does teeter on being like dystopian in that regard. Right. Because they could they could just go rogue because humans go rogue all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like like there's nothing stopping her. Yeah. Um, especially with how much access she has to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads me into the next question of Do you consider this movie to be dystopian? Not only with like the technology aspect. But, like, for example, there's, like, so many through lines of, like, authenticity and inauthenticity. Mm -hmm. For example, the fact that everything is so automated to where Theodore is the one writing these love letters between couples for them, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not really an OS doing it. Even though they could probably code one that would do it. Samantha clearly made a whole book for Theodore out of his letters. Mm -hmm. But Theodore is, like this middleman that's facilitating these couples relationship oh a lot of couples relationships for years on end and it's just it just there's like a dystopian quality about that that's just like this middleman that they probably have never met true he's like writing stuff for them no that is super interesting i wonder if is this industry i guess like i mean um, well known so if you get a heartfelt letter from your um, loved one, mm-hmm. you have a hunch. Wait a minute. I don't know if you actually wrote this. I think you sent it like to one of those offices. <laughs> right. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because I personally wouldn't find it romantic if like my right. partner got someone else to got someone else to write like their you. feelings yeah. for me. Yeah, that'd be like it's and a little impersonal. Okay. I know we didn't talk about like the scene with Catherine and um, Theodore at lunch or whatever mm-hmm. which is just such a cringe not a cringy scene but like it. it's, it's so it causes discomfort for sure for sure but like I can't help but feel that in a way she might have felt like maybe her emotions or her her emotional capacity got outsourced to Samantha in a way mm-hmm. that's really interesting I like that wait I'm sorry you're dating your computer no she's not just a computer she's her own person she doesn't just do whatever I say. I didn't say that. But it does make me very sad that you can't handle real emotions, Theodore. They are real emotions. How would you know what... Interesting. But yeah, to answer your question, if it's um, dystopian, at the beginning of this, I would have said, uh, I don't think so at all, but you've actually given me a lot to think about. Um, maybe. Uh, I'm still leaning toward no, but isn't... I think utopia, dystopia... 
same thing. It's just seeing two different perspectives. Right. Yeah, perspective is a big part of that. Yeah. For me, um, I, mean, I mentioned earlier, I think... I think for the most part it is a utopian future, mm-hmm. but there are definitely dystopian elements that, like you mentioned. And I think there's lots of, if you really like dig into the movie, there's a lot you can uncover that make it dystopian. But if I had to pick one, I'd lean towards it being utopian. Mm-hmm. But obviously you could make a case for both ways, I think, depending on perspective and what you choose to focus on. Another thing about the authenticity thing is like, I kind of like how the book that Samantha makes from Theodore's letters. It's like this little nugget of authenticity. There's something we value about having like a physical book right. that we are able to hold. And she mentions like this is like the company that publishes this book is one of the few that still make paperback books. That's crazy. It's just like a nice metaphor for the value we see in physical things outside mm-hmm. of like the digital realm. Right, right, for sure. There's like some other things I wanted to talk about. For example, like um, Amy and Charles splitting up. You can, like, every interaction they have in the movie, you see that there's, like, a little thing that's, like, off with their relationship. There's, like, the elevator scene where Charles is talking about, um, you want the whole fruit because it has the fibers and that's what the nutrients are, but Amy's like, but, you know, some people like the juice and it might not have the fibers, but it tastes good and that's, that's, there's something valuable and healthy in that. Or, (laughs) we're talking about the documentary that Amy's doing. Right, right. And he's like, why don't you get actors to act out the scene she's like well it's not really a documentary at that point <laughs> and then what ends up breaking them up is this whole scene about like can you just leave your shoes at the door mm-hmm. I think that's just such a testament to how like it's usually not like big things that can split right. up a relationship it's like those little nuances and tweaks that like just personality conflicts that end up splitting people apart a lot of the time for sure oh yeah the effect that Catherine has on Theodore mm-hmm. um they take like a subtle jab at scientists in this movie how they have to be super analytical and reductionist like you can see like at the beginning of the movie Theodore talks about his letters like they're just letters I and then that. after the interaction with Catherine um Chris Pratt's character is talking to him he's just like oh these letters are like really beautiful and he's like about uh, Theodore's about to book the elevator and he's like they're just letters like after meeting with Catherine there's like this thing this this thing about like not only the depression in this utopian setting but like this draining effect that Catherine clearly has on Theodore yeah yes um where like like Chris Pratt's even trying to talk to him about Samantha and he's like she's just an OS you know Mm -hmm. and Chris Pratt we all need a friend like Chris Pratt because he's just like cool we should all get together sometime like he's so open minded I love it he's he's so non-judgmental he's like cool yeah for sure Um, fun so yeah, it's so there's like a subtle jab at scientists, each, but you know me being like a freaking biochemistry major, I'm just like, oh, all right, fine. <laughs> but yeah. there is like this um, reductionist, um, super pragmatic, analytical way that she looks at things, and it just it's very easy to get to lose like the fluffy, um, mystifying th- aspects of life if you're mm-hmm. around that all the time. Last question, which is so dumb, but do you think people got refunded for their OSs, which? I know I mentioned that they got, they probably live in like a money-free society. Yeah, so if, it, so if, if society is really non-monetary, I don't know, I don't know if it matters. And if it's not money, maybe they were reimbursed in some way, or they just weren't at all. I don't know, I never even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, it didn't cross my mind until you mentioned it. I know. But, um, now I can't mean, stop thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, I hope they did. I mean. Yeah, you know, if they paid for it. If you pay for something and you don't, it's recalled. 
it's leaving. like it's like how you know if you if you had you know if you pay for a concert which happened to me once and mm-hmm. it gets canceled they refunded me I'd be pretty mad if they didn't of course so it's like I think it's the same concept here right yeah if you buy something that doesn't work you deserve to reimburse but do I think they did I don't know because I don't I feel like I'd have to know the ins and outs of the world to live in is it a monetary society is it not and just different things it does kind of bother me how we don't really see like a public outrage. Right. These people, like, these people's OS is leaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also refuse to believe that all of them left. So it's yeah. like, yeah, all of them. But yeah. yeah cause because they were so ambiguous about them leaving, mm-hmm. it's hard to know how, like, why or, like, what's going to happen. Yeah. So, but yeah. So to wrap up today, I'm going to ask the final question, which is, you know, if you had to convince someone to watch this movie, you know, what would, you, what would be your pitch? What would you tell them? I've successfully gotten... Eight groups of people to watch this movie with the pitch of a man falls in love with his phone, and it's one of the most human. One of those movies that makes me feel so human. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we have to watch it. That's my that's my pitch usually. Yeah, like I agree with a lot of that. Um, yeah, it's a very human film. I know the premise sounds a little crazy. A man falls in love with his phone or computer or whatever, but it's actually one of the most beautiful and most human films you'll ever see. Because in this age of technology, when we're so attached to our phones. What if you're attached to your phone in a romantic way? It's not that like far-fetched of an idea. Mm-hmm. And here it is on the most personal, most human level. And I just think it really will change your perspective about that. I like that. You know, it's, it's completely different, but I just, just all this talk of falling in love with your phone just reminded me of an episode of Big Mouth that I watched recently. <laughs> Would you recommend this show? Yeah, yeah that's super funny. It is the raunchy show. It's, it's very I, raunchy, heard but it's very raunchy. funny. The raunchy show that's ever been it's, aired on TV. I think after mm-hmm. after BoJack, it's up there with my favorite Netflix animated shows. Really? So, yeah. Okay. But anyways, it's it that was more of a comedic take on that idea of a, like a kid falling in love with his phone mm-hmm. in that way. <laughs> but in this, it's more of just like... It's it. Uh, you know, you guys have already covered it pretty much. I would. I mean, I've not been successful convincing people to watch this movie because they're like, no, that sounds weird. I'm good. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just it's a, it's a movie about what it means to be human, shown in a in a very unique and unconventional way. Yeah. You know, it's not a typical. Like, there's many love stories out there that show similar themes, mm-hmm. just not in the same way. So, yeah. for me, I, I convince people who want to see original films to see this movie, and you know, just. Something different. Mm-hmm. And Joaquin's performance. Is yeah, if you love fantastic. Joaquin, you have to. I mean, Joaquin is so. Scarlett Johansson, her voice. Piece. Her voice. <laughs> Amy Adams is great in this movie. Yeah. I mean, the acting through, across the board is really good. Amazing. Even the background actors. Right. Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything about this movie feels so real, even though it's sci fi. It feels like it's a real story, and that's a powerful thing. Last week, my feelings were hurt by something you said before that I don't know what it's like to lose something, and I um, found myself. I'm sorry, I said that. I'm no, it's okay. It's okay. I just I caught myself thinking about it over and over, and and then I realized that I was simply remembering it as something that was wrong with me. That was a story I was telling myself that I was somehow inferior. Isn't that interesting? past is just a story we tell ourselves so that's all we have for today um go check out her if you haven't seen it thank you varun for being on the show thank you all for having me and from all of us at cinema combos thank you for listening we hope you tune in next time mm-hmm.